You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. You know, I hear the camera adds 10 pounds. Looks like you've eaten five cameras. We are back on The Pipeline Show. We're going to end this week's episode with another 2020 Draft Spotlight segment. And uh, we'll get to my guest in a second. A quick little story first. Uh, I, this is about, uh, well, I guess it was about uh, 17 years ago, 16, 17 years ago. I was, uh, before I was even uh, media, I was watching the Oilers-Golden Bears rookie game, an annual thing that the, the Edmonton Oilers and the uh, Alberta Golden Bears do, or at least they used to do. And at this one particular game, in sitting right in front of me, directly in front of me, uh, was a, a local uh, celebrity, a sports uh, broadcaster. His name was uh, John Sexsmith, and he was there with his wife and uh, a young baby. And uh, at the end of the game, they got up and left, and uh, they dropped their uh, baby's bib, they, uh, a, a bib. So I picked it up, and uh, the next day I uh, returned it to uh, ITV, and I uh, got to meet uh, John Sexsmith, and uh, he was very kind and appreciative. And uh, it turns out, uh, 17 years later, that baby uh, is now my guest on the Pipeline Show. So I'm uh, pleased to be joined by uh, Joel Sexsmith. Uh, Joel, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Yeah, thank you. It's, thank you. I, I'm sure your dad's never told you that story, but uh, he and I have talked about it uh, several times. So uh, I feel I feel like I've had this connection to you for uh, almost two decades now. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, tell me about this season so far for you and the Rebels. Um, third team, uh, WHL team that you've had your name attached to, but you're finally getting to play some games uh, now in, in your WHL career. Uh, what's this year been like? Oh, it's been pretty good so far. Um, I mean, obviously with... Uh, the moving around and all of that jazz, it's been uh, pretty overwhelming, but now that I'm settled and, you know, um, with a, a permanent WHO organization, I feel like, uh, you know, so far my adjustments to, uh, you know, jumping up a level have been, you know, um, where they needed to be, and uh, I, I'm, you know, really happy with uh, the young core group we have. We've got, I think, 13, 17, and 16-year-old players, so... Yeah. Um, there's lots of there's lots of potential in our room, and um, it's honestly exciting. And um, you know, with a great leadership group, and uh, obviously Brent and the coaching staff, I think this team uh, this team's gonna you know end up being a really strong team for the future. Well, and that's exactly the key to this year for the Rebels. And, and you mentioned it's a, a very young core. There are definitely some uh, some older players who can provide leadership for you and the the rest of your younger teammates. Um, but it is sort of a growing year for the Rebels. And you look at this, the standings, and it's kind of indicated that way. Five wins so far uh, through uh, 18 games this year. You're coming off a victory. So uh, it's the most recent road trip. Do you, do you feel like there's some positives to take away from it, even though you're not, you know, more often than not, you're not winning the games? I, I think absolutely. Um, you know, this is, for a lot of us, this is our first big road trip on the road. And, um, you know, major junior. So, um, the fact that we were able to come, uh, come away with a big win against, uh, you know, a, a top team in the CHL, um, I think shows, you know, to not only the older group and the staff that, you know, we can really compete at this level, but the younger group as well. We know we've got, um, obviously a lot of, obviously a lot of talent. And, um, you know, I think if we can put it together and tie it together and, you know, play our game, we're, we're obviously, uh, you know, a really good team. And for you on a personal level, how you how have you felt about the way you've played this year, Joel? Um, you know, for me, it's been it's been a little bit of a, a culture shock playing in midget last year, and then you know missing a lot of the season because of you know uh, health stuff. So um, for me, it's just been kind of easing my way back on the lineup. Um, you know, 
accepting what I'm going to have to do as a player this year, um, understanding that I'm not going to be necessarily able to do all the stuff that I was able to do in Bantam and prior to Midget because um, obviously this is a big jump, but um, overcoming, you know, some circumstances with health as well as, you know, it's just one of those things where you have to kind of take a step back, um, really, really dumb down the game a little bit, um, keep it simple, and then from there build and uh, hopefully kind of move move forward and start kind of spicing things up with my game a little bit more. Joel, you just mentioned it a couple of times, uh, some health concerns for yourself. Uh, for those, you know, the audiences across North America, not everybody's going to be familiar with the situation. Uh, can you kind of go through exactly what you've been dealing with? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so last year would have been um, late August of last year, uh, early September. I, I started noticing some weird symptoms in, uh, in my leg and um, kind of struggled over a few mu- uh, one or two month period where uh, I didn't really know what was going on. Um, you know, and as, as hockey players and as athletes in general, a lot of us understand that, um, you know, you, you get heavy legs on a road trip or, um, you know, you might not stretch enough and the next day you're going to feel a little bit heavy. But uh, this was this was something different. So I um, started kind of noticing more and more uh, symptoms and, um, you know, heavy leg, um, shortness of breath, um, some scary stuff. So um, eventually we did a lot of, Test down in Vancouver, um, lots of blood tests, lots of lots of scans. Um, you know, for me it was it was pretty scary stuff because I didn't really know what was going on. But um, you know, eventually we came to the conclusion that it was a, a blood clot and a absent um, vein in my leg. So uh, obviously, some pretty overwhelming news at uh, at a young age, and not something we expect as you know guys um when we're teenagers or just really in general as being as active as we are so mm-hmm. um you know it was a little bit of a little bit of a shock to me and the rest of the you know the organization that I was with at the time and my family as well so um you know uh thankfully I I had a great foundation over in uh Delta with the Delta Hockey Academy they were willing to take me in um Ian Gallagher Brent Gallagher's dad you know trained me for all last um, all last year and uh, kind of put me back in game shape. And obviously there's, there's still some things that need work, but, um, you know, eventually because of that opportunity, I, I ended up here in Red Deer and now I'm playing WHL hockey after being told I probably wouldn't be playing hockey again. So, um, you know, as as negative as it could be, as, as saddening as it could be, it's something that I use as a motivating factor and um, you know, every day I, I understand that it's something I live with, but at the same time, it's something I can, you know, play with. So I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful I'm still, you know, even playing the game in general. So you were told that you wouldn't be able to play again? Yeah, I was actually told by a, um, a doctor that the chance of me playing again were uh, very unlikely. So um, that that came, you know, and uh, it was it was really overwhelming and really upsetting to hear. But um, you know, everyone has to do their job and. At the time, that was the conclusion a lot of people were making, and um, you know, uh, it was it was really overwhelming. But I was determined to, you know, get back on the ice and uh, do what I needed to do to, you know, stay stay um, playing the game I love. Well, good for you. Uh, and obviously, you're back playing as you mentioned. And so there was I don't know what the treatment was, but moving forward, it's something that you can still play with. You you, you have to do things on a daily basis to. Or, or uh, you know, what's kind of the prognosis moving forward? How do you handle it? Um, there's a lot of kind of underlying things that, you know, play a factor. You know, little things like, um, you know, coffee and caffeine, stuff like that. I try to avoid because 
Um, you know, it speeds my heart rate and, you know, with having an absent vein and a blood clot, you know, just kind of clearing out of the system, it's, it's something that, you know, it's hard for my body to take. So, um, usually just lots of water. Um, I try to stay standing or moving as much as possible to encourage blood flow and just little things like that so that, you know, my body, uh, my body's able to adapt to a pretty, pretty hard schedule, pretty heavy schedule. And, um, you know, that I'm able to perform at my best while, uh, you know, juggling with all those little things. I promise we'll get to the hockey stuff in a second, but, uh, you know, a health concern for you. I know your family, your dad was going through a health uh, concern as well. Uh, at the same time, that, that really had to be tough to go through as a family. Yeah, it's, um, you know, everyone goes through stuff, um, whether big or small, and um, adversity is just something you can, you can uh, I think when it comes to adversity, there's, you know, two options. You can shy away from it and um, let it kind of overcome you, or you can take it on and, uh, you know, overcome it. And I think for, you know, having my dad sick as long as he's been and, um, you know, being such a young guy, watching him kind of battle through it all, it was, you know, obviously really pivotal and, um, you know, me, me doing the same and, um, to have someone that was so supportive and so understanding through the entire process was, was pretty amazing. And I'm, uh, I'm really grateful for both him and my mom who's been, uh, who's been like a rock in our family over the last, you know, uh, 11 years. So, um, you know, seeing her kind of juggle with him and then, Obviously, seeing her uh, her only son sick, it's it's tough. But um, she's she's done an amazing job of handling it all, and I'm uh, I'm super proud of proud of my family for being able to get through this. And you know, eventually, uh, now we're here, and it's it's awesome, and it's uh, something to build off of. Yeah, moms are outstanding uh, like that. Uh, Joel Sexsmith is my guest. He plays for the uh, Red Deer Rebels, and uh, maybe for the benefit again of the audience that might not know uh, a whole lot about you, maybe let's start. At the beginning, uh, where'd you grow up, uh, Joel? I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, and uh, uh, born and raised. And then I, I moved moved away from home when I was 14. So I like to say I'm an Alberta boy most of the time, but uh, <laughs> I'm a little a little bit of a, a splash of everything now. So. And have you always been a defenseman? I have been, my old man. Um, I was actually a goalie for a bit uh, growing up. I uh, kind of. Um, Whenever we needed a goalie, I'd strap on the pads because I I love getting in front of the shots. So um, I actually got a funny story. My dad, uh, my dad and I were sh- used to you know shoot pucks in the basement and mm-hmm. um, all that. So uh, he uh, he was he was determined to make me a defenseman. So um, I strapped up the pads one time, and uh, he made sure that he made sure the time by the time I got out of that net that night, I I wouldn't want to be a goalie <laughs> ever again. And and it's uh, it's history now. So I can block shots still, but I'm. I'm not a goalie anymore, and I'm. Uh, I think both of us are happy because of it. What was he so uh, against a, a goaltender for? Uh, I don't know. I, I think he didn't. Wa- uh, he's kind of a cheapskate. He wouldn't like hearing that, but <laughs> I don't think he'd want to be buying buying sets of pads every year. And he knows I'm a little bit of a diva sometimes. So um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I kind of um, made him happy by doing it. And I don't know if he knew how to coach a goalie. So he loves being hands on and. Um, he was an amazing coach growing up and, uh, he was great with me as a defenseman and, uh, you know, seeing him kind of give me some pointers kind of really led me to where I am today. I know I talked to him a bit during training camp, uh, this year and, uh, I think it was right before you got traded actually this year and he was around the Oil Kings camp and, uh, we were talking about some of the players that he's coached, the guys your age that are 
now in the WHL. Pretty cool to see those guys uh, having success as well. I'm always interested to hear the Bantam draft story and what the Bantam draft was like for you. You're a ninth overall pick in 2017. Did you get to stay home from school or were you following it at school? What was that day like? Um, I was actually playing in Winnipeg at the time, so this would have been the first year I uh, I had moved away from home, and mm. um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to share that moment with my mom and dad. But um, got to share it with some friends at school. Uh, you know, I kind of heard my name called uh, during like a foods class, and um, it was it was a pretty cool moment. Um, obviously, something I'd worked towards for a pretty long time. But uh, looking back at it now, you know, it, it's one thing to be drafted, and it, it's awesome, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's it's a, just a new starting block, and I think for for me, I, I realized, you know, um, pretty quickly that, you know, guys were going to be determined to catch up, and guys were going to be um, ready to take my place, just like I was ready to take an older guy's place. So, um, yeah, I mean, the draft was great, and and I had great memories of it. But um, you know, now the focus is is the NHL draft, and um, I think seven or eight months here. So. Um, you know, it's one thing to be drafted, but it's another thing to be playing in the league, and I think that goes for the NHL as well. So, um, yeah, it's been, it was an awesome moment, but uh, definitely just for me, I thought I thought of it as a new starting kind of starting block. Well, with Swift Current that drafted you, they traded you uh, your rights to uh, the Vancouver Giants. You played a handful of games for them uh, last year, and then the trade uh, this fall to uh, Red Deer. Nice that if you're going to get traded, and I, I imagine it's a bit of a shock when you, you get uh, that, that news, but... When you hear that you're coming uh, to Red Deer a lot closer to to uh, family, that must have been the uh, the nice silver lining in that news. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty unbelievable. I I remember getting the phone call from Brent, and uh, you know, obviously with with everything that had happened in Vancouver and everything I had been through, uh, you know, I had an amazing support system out there with um, some friends, and uh, um, it was hard leaving, but I knew when uh, Brent had phoned me, it was uh, it was an amazing opportunity and something I couldn't pass up, and you know, since the minute I've got here, it's been it's been awesome. I've been able to see my parents way more. Um, we've got a dog at home that I'm pretty close to, so it's nice kind of seeing her. And uh, um, obviously, just too with the group of guys here, it's uh, it's been more than I could have asked for. Um, you know, it's it's an awesome group of guys. It's a young group of guys. We've got lots of energy, um, lots of potential, and we know that we we have something special here. And um, I think Brent knows that as well, and the rest of the coaching staff, and um, just the way Brent's kind of handled, you know, my my uh, my health, and um, it's been amazing. I, I can thank him or the rest of the guys enough. They've been super understanding, and I think because of that, um, you know, I, I'm I've I've been able to do well. I'm I've played 14 games here already, so um, you know, it's it's something definitely special, and uh, it's just you know the. Um, the cherry on top that the fact that my parents get to watch. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. What's your role on the team, Joel, uh, with that young defensive core? I think there's only uh, what you got a 20 year old and a 19 year old defenseman, and everybody else is 17 or younger. So it's it's definitely a young blue line. Uh, what's your your job description, and maybe turn, morph that into a scouting report on on Joel Sexsmith for us? Um, I think for for me this year, it's it's important that I just learn to defend. Um, at this level, and it's it's big for me that you know I become more of a, a defensive role player as I was you know always a little bit of an offensive defenseman. But now I've kind of shaped my game to be more of a two-way guy, um, hard on pucks, uh, a guy that you know just makes good simple plays out of the zone, for solid first pass. Um, you know, and I might not get a sniff a lot of um, you know 
special team chances mm-hmm. right now, but I can definitely uh, contribute to that as well. And when I get the chance, you know, I'll I'll make the most of it. But so far, uh, you know, I'm I'm really content with the amount I've been able to play. And um, you know, it's for me, it's just been I guess for me, I'm you know, I'd see myself as a as a guy who can contribute offensively and defensively and, you know, is willing to accept his role, whatever it may be, you know, whatever my coach needs me to do, uh, that's what I'm going to do. So You mentioned the NHL draft uh, coming up in June. You're eligible this year. Is is the draft on your mind much? Do you spend much time thinking about it? Um, I think sometimes, you know, I obviously hold myself to that standard. Uh, uh, I think, you know, just being a high Bantam draft pick and then, um, you know, being able to attend Hockey Canada camp and, you know, being able to compete against a lot of those guys in my mind, I'm still, you know, very much thinking that, uh, you know, I, I have a chance. But I think for me, it's, you know, it's it's pretty crazy to think that, you know, I'm still playing the game in general, let alone thinking about the NHL draft. So I'm just, I'm just trying to take uh, everything one step at a time, understanding that, you know, um, you know, I'm recovering from a huge uh, major major injury and um you know it's something i might have to deal with for the rest of my life so um i think for me yeah it's obviously something i think about a little bit in the back of my mind but as long as i'm doing what the team needs me to do and as long as i'm doing what i need to do as a player as well i think you know that'll that'll all sort itself out and at the end of the day i'll be uh you know i'll be smiling at the end uh, at the end considering the injury joel is, is there part of you that almost expects not to be drafted you know, I think I think that's something I've been asked before, and um, something I've thought about. And I think for me, is you know, it's just you know, everyone goes through injuries, and um, it, it's it's honestly it, it, what it boils down to. When I when I think of it, is you know, if I can play, I can play. Um, you know, the injury is one thing, but you know, the heart's still there, the the IQ's still there, the skill should still be there. So, um, you know, whether or not I was injured in the past, whether or not I've got a condition, um, you know, there's guys that are you know. You know, see, you see, you hear about blood clots in the NHL. You hear about guys, you know, struggling with little things. So I think as long as I uh, as I prove myself as a player and um, hopefully as you know a good leader off the ice as well, you know, I get a sniff and uh, you know get the chance, uh, you know, I, I earn. Now you're an Edmonton kid. The NHL team in your backyard has been terrible for most of the last uh, two decades. <laughs> Did you grow up an Oiler fan, or were you cheering for somebody else? Uh, I've always been an Oilers fan. Um, you know, obviously for for a little while it was tough to cheer for them, um, but uh, I've been faithful, I think, through uh, through it all. And now it's nice to see them kind of coming together. And um, you know, I've I've also moved around a bit, so I've lived in Winnipeg and I've lived in Vancouver. So um, you know, I've I've got some roots in Winnipeg, so I'll cheer for the Jets too. But um, I like to stick close to home with the teams I cheer for, just as long as it's not the Flames. So uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'd, I don't know if any of my, uh, anyone from Edmonton like to hear that I'm a Flames fan. But yeah, I know I'd say it's been nice seeing the Oilers doing well this year. You know, whatever happens uh, next June, your your favorite team might change anyway. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Even if it's those no Flames. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, listen, I really appreciate your time. Uh, wish you the best of luck the rest of the way this year and. Whatever happens at the draft and certainly beyond that uh, as well. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for having me, Key. Say hi to your dad. Yeah, I will. That's Joel Sexsmith of the Red Deer Rebels. And um, I forgot to mention it uh, during the interview. I wanted to ask him about it, but uh, the Rebels have this uh, TikTok video that's uh, on uh, Twitter. Well, I guess probably on all the social medias out there. 
Uh, but it's getting a lot of views. I think it's got over 40,000 or something. Um, and Mooner, uh, Cam Moon, voice of the Rebels, was telling me that whole idea was all Joel Sexsmith. So uh, I forgot to ask Joel about that. But if you haven't seen it, uh, go to the Rebels' uh, Twitter feed and uh, check it out there. That wraps up this week's episode with the uh, four guests that you heard. Thanks to them and thanks to the uh, media guys uh, that uh, set up a couple of those interviews. Really appreciate their assistance, as always. Next week on the show, it'll be uh, more of the same. Uh, plan on having another 2020 draft spotlight. We'll have another NCAA campus report. It'll be the the, uh, the week where there'll be a U Sports segment as well. As always, a CHL Insider and In the Dub segment. And uh, usually we have four segments or four guests, so a couple of those might be squished together, much like this week where we had the CHL Insider and an In the Dub segment were one and the same guest with Glenn Erickson. Before I go, quick reminder, uh, all of these interviews, you can hear them before the full show comes out. Uh, if you're a patron at patreon.com slash show, Some of these interviews were done uh, on uh, Tuesday. Some of them were done on Wednesday, which means that they've been available for a few days uh, as early exclusive uh, bonuses for people who have signed up to be a patron. It's only a couple bucks a month. comes right off your credit card each month, uh, so it's uh, no hassle. You're not going to miss that two bucks. Uh, but they all add up, and uh, it means a lot to uh, me and the Pipeline Show and the sustainability of the program. So I uh, really appreciate those who have done that and uh, signed up to be a patron. Locally, All Kings are uh, home again on Sunday. Tough schedule, though, as they uh, play the day before, the night before in Medicine Hat, and then it's an afternoon game against the Brandon Wheat Kings. So uh, we'll see how they handle that this weekend uh, outside of that get out and watch some junior college hockey so that you and i can talk about it next week here on the pipeline show until then my name is Keith flaming see ya <laughs>